When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you could save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your moves. If you feel there's more to life than iPhones and iPads and mindless consumerism, if you're open to receiving information in all forms in any number of ways, if organized religion, organized political movements, and any kind of collectivism doesn't just quite cut it for you, if you engage in critical thinking, if you think for yourself, if you have peace and love in your heart and Jack Daniels in your bloodstream, if you believe that seriousness is a disease, if you're curious, then come, let us go on a journey together as we explore the outer limits of inner truth. Welcome to the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. OuterLimitsRadio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. Tonight, we're going to do a one-on-one discussion with Miss Tori Hartman. Miss Hartman is a psychic medium. She's also the creator of the Chakra Wisdom Oracle Kit. It is this deck of cards that basically uh, teaches you intuition and helps you unlock your intuitive powers. I met Miss Hartman a couple of years ago when I was writing an article about the global financial collapse. And you know, we got a lot of great insights from her. And I thought she was uh, pretty accomplished. And she's actually come along uh, very well since that time. I want to bring to your attention that you're going to notice that the show is slightly changing. And the fact is that we're going to inject more humor into the programs. That's just the natural way of the show is progressing. And our old friend Stuart Wilde used to you know, galvanize great crowds with humor. And I think it's crucial. I think we need to laugh. And that all these topics that we're discussing – I'm enjoying exploring, I'm enjoying uh, learning, but at the same time, without the laughter, without the fun, you know, I just don't want to go all serious all the time. Anyway, without further ado, the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show proudly presents a discussion with Miss Tori Hartman. Our special guest today on the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show is Miss Tori Hartman. She's a world-renowned psychic author and spiritual teacher. She's the only American psychic ever interviewed by the New York Times and the Los Angeles Business Journal. She's worked with a lot of celebrities, and she recently made an appearance on Coast to Coast AM, which got met with a tremendous response. This is Tori Hartman. Welcome to the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Thank you, Ryan. Ms. <laughs> Hartman, last time we actually spoke was about two years ago when I was writing an article. Two years ago. Yeah, two years ago. I was writing an article about mm-hmm. the – global financial collapse, what was going to happen, what was occurring, and a lot of things have changed since then. I was yeah. wondering, you have you have perceptions or you have predictions about the world, I guess, at any given point in time. Have you noticed any fundamental shift in the global consciousness in the last three years? You know, I have to tell you, I think the biggest thing is I have a friend who we, we had this talk about what's going on in the present time, who knows when people are going to be listening to this, but we can talk about the present moment with Greece, for example. And there's this whole bailout conversation with Greece, right? And they said no. And everybody's saying, oh, my gosh. 
but you know, if we take it down to a to a, a more basic level, a lot of people don't really understand energetically what that means. But let's look at it like five, ten years ago, and not even that long ago, people were losing their homes because the banks weren't helping them, right? They were just saying, here's the deal, take it or leave it. And the people were like, I, I can't afford that. You're not giving me a good deal. Well, what's happening in Greece is the same kind of thing where the banks are saying, well, this is the deal you're going to get. And Greece is saying, no, we don't want that deal. Thank you very much. And what I think is interesting, if we, if we step back even more and look at it energetically, what we're really looking at is that when you and I talked two years ago, we were talking about the banks being in control on a lower level. And now it's reach, it's going further and further up to countries where the banks are starting to say, well, we're going to dictate to these people how, how they'll get bailed out. And Greece is saying no. Now, what's interesting about that, I mean, that's kind of like the, I want to say the cliff note of it energetically. But what we're really talking about is the power of people to say no. No, we don't want it. And, you know, I remember saying to you, you know, we were talked about economic collapse and, and I think, you know, I said to you at the time, and I'll say this now to everybody listening, you know, there was a time when we all lived in caves, okay? <laughs> We're doing a little better these days. You know, and even friends of mine who've lost their homes or lost their jobs, you know, they've moved on to other things. And I think that I think that it's it's kind of just evolution right now. We're really seeing that, you know, there's always going to be something somewhere collapsing because everything's like an energetic seesaw. And I think I've kind of come to that understanding more than I felt two years ago, if that makes sense. I think I feel more, um, in some ways, I feel more positive about about things than I did in the past because I think that you know, the, the energetic movement of people saying no to the banks is huge, huge. And and we saw that, that kind of, you know, even though some of us felt like, what are they doing with that, you know, Occupy Wall Street stuff? Well, what are they doing? But at the end of the day, I think that there is an energy of like, you don't get to control me anymore. And I think that's starting to really take hold. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm seeing energetically. Um, and I think there's always going to be scary stuff going on. We just have to choose to say, well, you know, how am I going to handle what's right in front of me? You know, um, like I, just to give you an example, I am like a crazy recycler, okay? I'm the person who will travel to another city and have like, I'm serious, they think I'm a, a, a bag lady. When I, if they don't recycle in that city, I'll leave my empty water bottles in my suitcase, fly home and recycle them. Wow. That's, that's my own thing. I really believe in recycling, right? Now, some, I have friends who don't even think about it, but they do other things. I think it's important that we all pick something that matters to us and take a stand for it, whatever it is. Because that's what makes life worthwhile. And I think that's beginning to happen. And I think, you know, in some ways, this whole thing with the bailout conversation with Greece, it's very powerful. 
so that's what I'm seeing energetically going on, and I'm giving a very broad stroke, obviously. I had a conversation one time um, with Const- mm-hmm. her name is Constance Dallas. She's a virtue. She's a virtue on our program. She told me something I'll never forget. She said that sometimes when hmm. people are held in a lower vibrational frequency, when they succumb to a lot of this negative energy, that they're more able to be, I guess, controlled by the, some of the more sinister or darker forces. And if you look at the media and you observe some of the news, I mean, most of the time it's negative news. They're always telling you about you know who died or how this horrible thing happened. And I'm always wondering if that if that is holding people in a certain vibrational frequency to be that or terrorized. And I bring that to your attention because I wonder. You know, you've done a lot of positive energy work, and you really try to help people, you know, see this positive aspect of themselves. What are some of the ways of communicating on a massive scale, frequencies and energies that would bring people to a different vibrational frequency, regardless that they were actively engaging on a conscious level? I'm really glad you asked this because I'm going to tell you something. I've really gotten away from the idea of positive and negative. And I know that sounds kind of crazy, but I'm going to say it this way. I I don't work with, you know, helping people see the positive. I help people be inspired in their life. And when I say that, you know, my father, my father was a World War II vet, Ryan. We've talked about that. He jumped on D-Day. And my father used to always say to me, listen, and I, he, you know, nicknamed Cricket. He said, listen, Cricket, let me tell you something. Don't ever try to be happy. Try to be serene because happiness is fleeting. And if you have serenity, you can handle whatever's coming at you. And that, that became some of the undercurrent of the work I do. So when you're asking, what is it? What is the thing that I see my life work as? And, you know, yes, I'm a psychic. That's what my gift has been. But I see my work as making my work obsolete. So to answer your question, what can I do that will help someone step into their greatest energetic vibration? It's really simple. It's asking them what inspires them, what makes them get up in the morning, what would make you and you and everybody listening, what would make you get up in the morning, pop out of bed and go, oh my gosh, and you go do that thing and you're doing whatever that is, and 12 hours later you realize you're still doing it, and you've barely taken a bathroom break. That's fantastic. That's it. And what if we could take that energetic and live in that frequency? So that's what I do. I work with people on finding that frequency in their life, and it's not hard. See, we all have psychic vibrations. All right. Now, when I say psychic vibration, I'm talking about a certain energetic channel. I want, I want you to imagine, as we talk about this, Ryan, and everybody listening, you all have like a, your own built-in radio, so to speak. And we have choices of channels at any given time. So as I'm talking to you and I'm saying you can pick any channel you want, I'm going to invite you to entertain the idea that you have an intuitive channel. Now, that intuitive channel everyone has, and we can tap into it any time. Here's the deal with the intuitive channel. People who are living in the intuitive channel often are using it for something else other than, quote, psychic hits. For example, a medical doctor 
an emergency comes into the ER. They don't stand there and say, hmm, I wonder what I'm going to do. They jump in and they start doing the next intended thing. That's that intuitive zone. A peace officer gets out of his car and he walks into what's going on as a robbery. He immediately, or she, immediately steps into that intuitive zone of all their training. That frequency we all assign to something in our lives. Some of us assign that frequency to survival. And what happens when it's assigned to survival is we live our life in pain and anxiety. Now, is this a, so, is this a natural, is this a choice that you would make before you come and you incarnate that you would have to align? No, no, these are, these are, these are, um, these are like, um, if you can imagine, we all have these frequencies, right? So what happens is it's like this. I give you $10 and I give your baby brother $10 and you're both, let's say eight and 10 years old. Right. And I say, go buy candy. Well, you might say, I don't really want to buy candy with that $10. I want to put it in my bank account. Your little brother may go, oh, I want to buy comic books and candy. But here's the point. We all get the same frequency. We all get the same currency. So it's not like you've made that choice before. Now, here's the answer to that question. Let's back up again. There is something we decide before we come in, and that is we make spiritual agreements with our ancestors, particularly our grandparents. I see it more um, as it skips a generation. But we make these agreements before we come into this life. And what happens is we make agreements to heal something. So I'm going to use this as an example because you and I were talking about it. Let's use somebody who has anxiety, for an example, right? That anxiety shows up because it's trying to heal something in that person's past. It's not just showing up for no reason. Because what happens is when we have something that we perceive as, quote, negative, it's really showing up for us to heal something in our family of origin. Now, here's why we want to heal the pain of our grandparents, so to speak, is because it skips a generation. Imagine this. If you energetically, it's kind of like an, it's an energetic conversation. If you can heal the pain of your grandparents, your parents would have had a better life, and therefore you would have a better life. That's what your soul knows to be true. But the thing that is even bigger than that is energetically you know, and we all know, that idea of let it begin with me and also the thing of the buck stops here. I'm going to change that so that future generations don't have to live with it. Okay. Sure. So that those are the kinds of things you're talking about. Sure. <laughs> what, I, what I really am curious, yeah. curious to know is that mm -hmm. there are points in times when you have people who are perfectly ha happy, that are, live fulfilling lifetimes, yet they mm -hmm. feel waves of fear, waves of anxiety. And what I'd like to know is right. this, is that if a person – has not mm -hmm. fully put their energy and heart and effort into establishing themselves as an individual, as an individual particle within the global consciousness, and is more mm -hmm. kind of trying to fit in or trying to become more one with the uh, collective soul group or collective country mm -hmm. group that they're in, is that necessarily mm -hmm. the pain that they are processing? Could they more or less be influenced or kind of 
maybe pushed or forced upon by the collective pain and suffering of their soul collective as opposed to their individual um, pain that they may be enduring or suffering. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna tell everybody I speak Ryan. Okay, okay. so I know what you're asking. <laughs> okay, <laughs> even though the even though the question was confusing, everyone, I want to tell you, I get it. Okay, because what you're asking is a very specific question around an issue that I want to bring up, which I think everybody um, will relate to. It's like this. Let's say. And I don't know where I'm getting this from, but this is the idea. Let's say a little boy goes in and he takes $10 out of his mom's purse. He puts it in his pocket and he runs off, right? Later, mom says, you took that $10 from my purse. And he says, no, I didn't. So-so did. I saw them. Energetically, what you're talking about is an energetic deflection. Now, bear with me. When someone has had a perfectly normal life, everything's fine, everything's great, and then all of a sudden they're thrown into anxiety for no reason apparently, I have found when I look at the multi-generational healing aspects, and particularly what my work has come from with these, the chakra wisdom cards, this is, this is what I've learned. When there is an unrelated anxiety showing up, it is directly related to a point in time that probably affected a grandparent. Now, I'm going to give you an example of what I'm talking about, and then I'll answer a little bit more of that question. Sure. So bear with me, and bear with me, everybody listening. We're going to come back around to the answer, which is this. I had a client come to me. His wife was at, at her at her wit's end. She sent him to me and said, you've got to do something. I can't handle it. Well, he had basically not smart guy built three different companies over 20 years, bankrupted all three of them. They were multi-million dollar companies. He'd build them up and lose them, build them up and lose them. She was better with then. She said, I can't go through another another loss like this. I'm, I don't know what to do. So he came to see me. We throw the cards. Long story short, I immediately said to him, there's something about this grandfather, your dad's dad, and I'm feeling it's right there. What is it? He said, well, I never knew the guy. I don't have any relationship with him. I said, what do you mean? He said he jumped out of a window during the Great Depression because he went, he lost all his money. I had nothing to do with him. Never knew him. And I just tilted my head to the right slightly, raised an eyebrow, and said, you don't see this connection? And he was like, no, what connection? And I said, I want you to breathe, and I want you to get this. Your father was shattered when his father died and took his own life over money. You came here to heal the pain of that grandfather by proving that no matter how many times you lose a company, you can survive. And he looked at me and he went, oh, my goodness. He never lost another company again. Now, what did he do with that knowledge? He went on to not only continue in his successful business, and his marriage worked out very well, he also got very involved in suicide prevention and all of that kind of movement, and he took, he took that energy and put it into there. So when I say to people that your wounding becomes your greatest gift, that's what I'm talking about. Now, to get back to the, your answer here, what you asked, the question, 
the question you said is it could it be the the collective consciousness and the people out there you know well here's the reality we create our own reality our internal reality creates our outer reality therefore whatever we're creating externally in our life is really going on internally so as you can see the full circle of that question is yeah there can be a lot of craziness going on and if you see the crazy you've got crazy going on inside <laughs> and there's, there's so it's, it's a reflection line right but it's not a bad thing see i think that's where you know when we look at this that's not a bad thing it's just information it doesn't define who you or anyone else is you know, we've all been crazy. Although everyone's driven their car and hand signaled somebody because they don't like how they're driving. Yes. We've all been crazy. We've all yelled at customer <laughs> service people. We've all behaved like idiots. You know, there's nothing there's nothing inherently wrong in us. And the idea that we're trying to fix that is is a misnomer in this work. It's about stepping into the greatness that we're here to fulfill. Heal who we're here to heal, which is our own part of the world, and then our external reality will change. Okay. And Tori, we will begin to see it differently. Uh, so that's what I'm seeing. Excellent. Thank you. And I would love to. Before mm -hmm. we go, I want to talk about your life and some of your gifts. But before mm -hmm. we do that, I'd like to just uh, pause and let the audience know something that I think you came up with a really interesting. You gave a lot of great information, but you said that. Prior to us coming in here, we've got the capability of having these agreements, and we've discussed soul agreements. Mm -hmm. And maybe right now that we all have the capability, if there's some of us out there that don't have children, we can come up with an agreement right now to not have our current lifestyle or any agreements that are constricting us be passed on to our children. That could be a generational snap right now. I don't know. Am I, am I, yes. Is that a far-fetched idea? <laughs> you, it actually is. In, in fact, I work a great deal. I end up working a great deal. With the baby boomer, boomer boomers, who boomers? <laughs> Hello. Okay. Um, it's uh, the baby boomers who are grandparents, because they're coming to me and saying, you know, I want to change my my grandchild's future, and if it's skipping a generation, what's going on? And how do I change that? Well, the way we change it is we have honest discussions with each other. You know, we stop using buzzwords to hide what's really going on with us. And so much of the work I do is around this. And it just gets more and more exciting when you see people going, oh. you know, and I want to share this with you okay. and everybody and then we can get into what I do. But I was teaching, I'm, I teach a course uh, called Life Purpose Divination. And in that course, one of the women who took the class got to the end of the seven weeks and she said to me, I am so disappointed. I said, what happened? She said, well, I thought I came in wanting to, I thought my purpose was to write a book. And I found out that my purpose is to be a great wife and a great mother, which I am. But I wanted, and I said, wait, wait, that's fantastic. You know, that's fantastic. And, and she was like, really? And I said, yeah, now what can you create from that what can you create from that wisdom? And she got it. Because what she was really energetically saying and pointing out to us was that, you see, she could write a book 
from being a great wife and mom, from the platform of her purpose and who she was. So what, what I say to people is we just need to stop taking other people's pulse to see how we're feeling. That's the key. That's great. That's it really key. is awesome. It's a really great insight because I think a lot of people, they, they really do depend and heavily depend on others. And I think if you get to a point where you do it frequently, it's called codependence. Um, mm-hmm. Tori, real quick, when people can learn more about you, they can. There's two different websites that like bring our audience's attention. Is that first thing is that yeah. they can go to your website, which is toryhartman.com, T-O-R-I Hartman.com, and the next one is called Chakra Wisdom Moracle, M-O-R-A-C-L-E. No Oracle. Wisdom Oracle. Oh my goodness! Yeah, Chakra Wisdom Oracle dot com. You're gonna find <laughs> yes. a lot of great products on there. And talking a little bit about your history, my understanding is that you had a near death experience during this time. Mm-hmm. What you're visited by forty or fifty different spirits. What happened during this time, and how did your life change? Well, I think the biggest thing was, you know, um, I grew up very, very angry. And I just had a lot of anger and a lot of bitterness. And But I always had a gift. I always had a gift of prophecy. Like I could see things and I could predict things and I knew things. But I didn't like having that gift. And when I was 25, I had a near-death experience. I got very sick. I was rushed to the hospital. And we found out later it was dehydration. But I went up to the light. And when I came back, I had... It was bizarre. In my world, it was bizarre. I had, like, angels speaking to me, literally, like, telling me these fables. And they wouldn't go away till I wrote them down. And what happened for me was I would write these things down. I would shove them in drawers. Um, and then a few years, during that time, a few, few years into it, I moved to California. And one night, I started a mastermind group where a bunch of artists would get together and we'd talk about our lives. And one night I pulled out one of the fables and I read it in the group and everybody was like, that's fantastic. Where did you get that? And I, I really thought they were stupid, to be honest with you. I thought everybody's going to laugh at me. And I started to realize as I read the first fable and then we met every Sunday for almost two, two and a half years. And I remember I'd look at these and I'd say, every Sunday, I'd say, oh, my gosh, that's really good. And so the fables developed into basically a workshop of exercises to do for your career, for your life. I would lead the group in an inspired meditation, which we would tape, and that later went in the book. And all of this became a huge manuscript, and I decided I wanted to get it published. Couldn't find a publisher. So I found an artist on the internet, and I said, can you draw this? And she said, well, it's going to take me two years, or a year. And I said, well, what do I care? It's like having a teenager. I've been with it 15. I'm not going to get rid of it now. (laughs) So she drew the cards for me, and every week, because I sent her the manuscript in my inbox, she would send me this. And it's at the end of the year, she said to me, I feel like there's there's another card. We're missing one. And I said, no, I feel like that's it. I feel like there's another angel. But I don't feel like there's a card. It's funny. Well, I couldn't get anybody to publish this thing. So I said, well, you know what? I feel it's important. And I went ahead and got it self-published. I spent my life savings, $100,000, to publish it. And then I found out how many units 10,000 was when it showed up on my driveway and lawn and my neighbor's driveway. And I got storage, and I prayed, and I said, oh, my gosh, God, help me, because I found out that Amazon 
if I tried to sell it, they would have charged me so much money, I would have lost money. And I didn't know what to do, and I prayed, and finally I just said, well, something, the angel said to me, give it away, and I put it up on my website, which is now ShockerWisdomCards.com, and I put it up on that website, and I just said, here, use it free. And one by one, people started coming, and they came, and they came, and they came, and I sold 10,000 copies, all 10,000 copies, off my website in three years. And then I was inspired one day, and Spirit said, and during that time, by the way, I need to tell you this part, six months after the, the card deck came out, and I put them up online free, uh, Gretchen, who drew the deck, died. She was only 41 years old. Her husband came home and found her dead on the floor, and I realized she was the final angel. And so she blessed us with her legacy. Her legacy was to give us this gift of art. And so I feel that this deck is very important for artists and creative people so that they don't die with their music in them. They don't die with that inspired emotion or feeling. And I went to London, um, and everybody said to me, oh, you'll never get a deal at the London Book Fair. They only do foreign rights. And I always joke and say, well, it's perfect. I'm for- I was foreign. It's going to work out. And I... Um, they bought it. Uh, I found a publisher there, Watkins Books, Watkins Publishing, and they're the oldest mind-body-spirit publisher in the world. They published Carl Jung, and I hit it off right away with the team. I love them, and they saw the vision for the cards, and we they put the, the cards in the book together, and they made the, the fable just a little legend, a short paragraph. And then this is why I love them. I was talking to my publisher, and she said, well, how do people learn the cards? I said, well, go talk to one of my practitioners, Becky. And she went and talked to her, and Becky said, well, that's easy. I just study the fables. Well, they had cut the fables to just a paragraph in the card deck. So Watkins came back and published the book, which is the 52-week journey with the lost fables. And I am so incredibly proud that to tell you and to tell everybody listening that, you know, this is one of those things where I did not send out emails and ask people to buy my stuff, you know, Um, but it has stayed number one on Amazon um, for over a month now. And it's, I was blessed to go to Hungary. Uh, My, my family's Hungarian. I've never been and everybody's dead. Um, And I got to go to Hungary and do seminars there with the Hungarian deck um, so it's just been an incredible journey of like taking that risk and saying, okay, I know this is important and you know what, God, like help me on this one because I just have to do it. And would I recommend it for everybody? No, no, I wouldn't and also, because it's not for the faint of heart. Let people know about these cards. Why would, why, why would it not be for the faint of heart? Huh? Why, why would you think it, why was it not for the faint of heart? Well, Listen, you know, you everyone gets to see the outcome of things. You know, we all get the we get to see the glory of wow. My friend has a publishing deal, or you know, my father used to say, you know, yeah, we won World War II. And he'd roll his eyes, you know, um, and he was a you know, just he was a radio operator. My dad was pretty, you know, badass kind of guy, you know, um, but he wasn't. He was a lovely human, and you know, he said, you never win a war. Nobody wins 
And he said, the worst part is, is that we look at, at it later and we have certain people that show up as heroes. But he said, you know, and that's what it is. We don't really know the pain and suffering of, that someone goes through. So when I say it's not for the faint of heart, I'm going to say this to you and all the listeners. Everybody listening, listen, if you want what you want, right, go for it. I'm going to tell you why. You're going to have just as much stress working at a nine-to-five job as you will trying to pursue your dream. And if you really, if you're someone who's going to say, I'm going to quit, then don't even bother. Because it really is one of those opportunities where there were so many times, Ryan, and I've got to tell you all listening, I would just drop to my knees. I mean, I was down to like, I remember I I spent $100,000, then I had like, you know, 5000 left, and I built a site, and I I was crying, and, and I said, oh, no, oh, no. And, and then talk about like being at the end of your rope. I was sitting here shaking, and, and it was, I'll never forget, it was Labor Day weekend, and Friday at 4 o'clock, I got my mortgage statement. My mortgage had doubled. Oh, gee. And I went, I went, well, well what's this? Well, apparently, I had signed one of those mortgages, and it was adding to the principal, and it hit the end, and then it doubled, you know? And I went, okay, I'm responsible for the recession. But you know what? I just said, oh, my gosh, what? And my staff, they walked in and looked at me and said, what are we going to do? And, you know, when you have, like, four people looking at you, you know, I just looked at them and I said, we're going to have to make more money. And they just went, okay. See, and, see that's fantastic. You know, Most people will not look at that. So if, you know, people listening out there, if you've gotten this big bill or the IRS says you owe, you know, Five million dollars. Yeah, this means you got just got more money. Don't worry. Yeah, indication, sign, universe, gonna make more money. And and you know what happened? I started making more money. You know, I didn't go to. I'm going to cut back because I knew that. And I'm going to tell you all, this wasn't like a light mortgage, okay? I mean, I live in California. I live in Los Angeles. So when I tell you my mortgage went from 3000 a month to 6000 <laughs> I mean, I mean, get the rope and throw it over the beans. I mean, <laughs> I'm just like saying, you know, this is like, whoa, folks, you know. But you know what I knew? I knew that it was going to be okay. If I lost everything material, I knew that what I was doing was important. And I knew that there were people who were emailing me and saying, thank you, thank you. I remember being on my knees and saying, God, please help me, please help me. And then I heard a ping in my email. And some woman wrote me and said, oh, my gosh, you saved my life. Thank you for this deck. And I thought, okay, God, that's why I'm doing it. And then I took another step forward. And I said, what am I going to do? And then one of my favorite authors in the world, a woman named Sark, she writes tons of stuff. She, out of the blue, sent me an email said, I'm a huge fan of yours. Okay. And I was like, what? No, sorry, we, and I. That's okay. That's where everything shifted. You know, you were praying to God. Were you praying to uh, God as an external being outside of yourself? Were you praying to your higher self? Like when you were saying you were praying to God, what, how, where were you directing your stream of attention and love and peace to? Universal God. I mean, God out there. God energy. God connects me. You know. Um, it, it, people get really, like, I believe it's the God of your own understanding. You yeah. can pray to goddess. You can pray to a tree. I mean, whatever you can throw the energy out to the universe as, you know. What, 
And when you're doing that, are you casting the energy away from yourself? If if it is a being that is not a part of you, or if you're perceiving it being to be God, is that in one way kind of devaluing or uh, making you a a energetic slave to a um, an entity? No, I mean my mother used to always say the temple is within you. So I still believe that. You know, I think for me. you know, the purpose of church is a purpose of community. And, you know, your church is in you. Now, if you choose to go and, and sit on a pew and worship, that's totally fine. For me, God exists in all of us. You know, it's, I mean, you know, Jesus told us, you can do all that I've done and, and more. Oh. But what but what people interpret that as is, I believe you know, outside of what he really meant, which is that, please do the greatness. You know, the teachings, and, and I tell you, I, I, the Bible is, is, the, is the book of shadows. It's the greatest book ever written. And, you know, I, I mean, I'm probably going out on limb saying this because I may insult some people, but, you know, at the end of the day, I think it's what matters to you. You know, that's why I started the show tonight, um, Ryan, by saying to you that, my job as a, quote, psychic is to make my job obsolete so that you can heal yourself, so that you can use these tools that these cards gave me. These angels came here for a reason. And when you look at crystals and the things that come from the earth, the first radio were using crystals for frequency. Now, check this out. If God put those in the earth for us to use, they're here for us. So there's frequencies that we can tap into. And when I pray, I pray just like the person next to me. You know, everybody may do it slightly differently, but I'll tell you, when it's real bad, I drop to my knees and say, God help me. <laughs> I mean, you know, and, and can I tell you something? I've, I've, I've never been left, I've never been brought that far and dropped when it wasn't for my highest good. Okay, so it's your highest good that was You know, when it was for my highest good, I meant. Like, yeah, when it wasn't. In other words, what I'm trying to say is that, you know, every step of the way people were saying to me about the the chakra wisdom. And by the way, when I met Watkins, they invested in this deck. And it went from color wisdom to chakra wisdom. And... You know, I, I get to work with a phenomenal team. I just believe that God brought them into my life. You know, the angels brought them forward. And I believe people are angels. You know, I was I was talking to a friend of mine the other night, and she was very disappointed because one friend of hers couldn't show up for her grandmother's funeral. And I said, listen, that friend is an angel in other ways. It goes back to the recycling, right? We all do our part, but we can't always show up 100%. And if you're expecting that when someone can't give it, then that's where the pain starts. Okay. And, Tori, I know um, we've, you've given us so much time, and I, we want to we <laughs> honor and respect your time. And we'd like to know if we can ask you just two more quick questions. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tori, when you are working with somebody and somebody comes to you for a reading, mm-hmm. what are some of the – what are you perceiving about that particular person? What are you looking for within that person? Are you communicating with angels about the person? Are you communicating with a person's higher self? 
are you visually seeing any relatives that could be surrounding that person? Like, what is a, what is some of the... All of that. Oh, you're seeing all that? Okay. All of that, because here's the thing. It can occur at any, in any given way, because you're as individual as your angels and the message you need. So it's not going to be the same message for you that I would have for someone else. Case in point, I had a woman who the government went after and destroyed her business. And she was very distraught. And her question, which was so well-founded, is why me? Why did this happen? Well, in the work I did with her, as I started to see it, I said, well, what is this about? I'm seeing that this was to save your daughter. And she said, what? Well, to make a long story short, she was like, starting, what are you talking about? Well, because she had this business, she employed her daughter, who was suicidal. Her daughter met her, who was to be her husband through the business. So the mother lost the business, but the daughter had met her future husband and is no longer suicidal. Oh. Because in that, in the point is, is that I said to her, it was never about the business. It was about aligning with the purpose of that business. And that business was about saving your child. And she went, oh, my God, I get it. Now, when you were in the course of doing that, were you also able to validate to a person's higher self? Mm-hmm. And just curious, if you are talking or communicating with a higher self, is there, right. a, um, is, is there a communication disconnect at one point? Because if a higher self, let's say, for example, is at a frequency or vibrational mm-hmm. level much higher than that of what mm-hmm. a human being in the three-dimensional can handle, how do you, how do you basically what? translate the, the language at the high frequency of the higher self? Well, let's let's put it this way. Let's let's take it this way. When we look up at the sky, are we really looking up, or are we looking down? <laughs> Bear with me. We don't really know in our orientation where things are when we're in upset. So when we're in upset, we get this energy of righteousness, which we interpret as our higher self speaking to us, like I've got to take a stand because the government's after me, right? Now, here's the thing. Sometimes it's really important and sometimes it isn't. But the point is, is that she was on a, a, this one was on a downward spiral with the government. No matter what she did, they were going to get her and that's that. So here's the thing. What I saw and what I was looking at was not the pain of losing the business, But it was about, wait a minute, that business had to happen, though. And she was like, what? And I said, I'm picking up that business had to happen. I said, tell me about your daughter. And that's how the conversation opened up. And all of a sudden, as she started talking about her daughter, you see, and she's telling me the daughter was always suicidal, and that's why she got into that business, because it was to help this daughter. And long story short, the daughter met her future husband because the mother ended up hiring the husband to help with things and they met and it said on and on and on. The point is when she started telling me the story after I opened the door to it, she started experiencing that frequency of her higher self finally. And she said to me, oh my God, I haven't felt so much better I get now why that business had to happen, and I'm totally fine with letting it go. 
and I'm not even angry about it because my daughter is alive and I'm going to have my first grandchild. See, what I believe is that when I use my intuitive energy, not to give you a, quote, reading, but to guide you to your highest knowledge, which you already have. You have your answers. All I have to do is help you open the door and start exploring that area, and then you find it. And by the way, that's what good personal coaches do too, business coaches, personal coaches. And we call them coaches now instead of psychics, right? But I think it's dangerous for us to do predictions. I've moved away from the concept of predictions because I think we have free will. And I think we all want the best for our family and our friends and the work we're doing. So what if that's true? Then you know how to get back to that place of the understanding of why your business got you know taken away. Here's the thing I want to say. What if you have that skill set all the time? What if when you do get a letter from a company with the initials IRS, you look at it and go, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. They, they want money. Well, right? You can't believe that. Yeah, because it's just money. I remember before my father died, he, you know, he, I'd call him and say, hey, Pop. You know, and he lived in New York at the time. He'd say, oh, my gosh, it's so expensive. And I said, I'll tell you what. This is what I said. When you die, I'll save lots of money. But for right now, I want to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, oh, thanks for cheering me up, you know. <laughs> we had a very funny relationship. But, you know, that's the point, right? I mean, this is just about practical spirituality. This is about understanding that you have all of the ability in you. And what if I, as a friend, so to speak, a spiritual friend, can just help guide you back? But more importantly, every single person who studied the chakra wisdom cards without me in the room got these skills. That would be absolutely fantastic. They, they, they did. And, uh, and that's why it has sold the way it's selling, and it's number one, and I have nothing to do with it. Yep. And it's pretty amazing. I want to, uh, Tori, I can't thank you enough. Tori Hartman, thank you so much for being with us today. It was a real great interview. We can learn more about you by going mm-hmm. to your website at Tori, T-O-R-I, Hartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N.com. And the next mm-hmm. site that we have, which I'm actually going to get right this time, is Chakra. Okay. WisdomOracle.com. In about two years, in the course of two years since I discovered you, started working with you, it's incredible to see how much you've grown and how many more people have come on. Your average Mm. Amazon review for your product is is incredible. So congratulations on all your success, and it was truly an honor to have you on our program today. And you know what, Ryan? I'm very I'm honored that you're moving into this work and helping so many people. And I know many of us thank you for that. Thank you for taking that risk and doing this work. So thank you. Thank you. Okay, everyone. That concludes tonight's edition of the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Very special thanks to our featured guest, Miss Tori Hartman. And though they were not with us tonight, special thanks as always to our virtues, Miss Carrie O'Connor, Miss Laura Lynn, Miss Lisa Casa, and Miss Constance Stellis, the Astrophenom. To learn more about the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show, please go to our website at OuterLimitsRadio.com. Till the next time we meet, my friends, wishing upon you an abundance of peace, love, and beers. <laughs>
Thank you so much for listening. Have a great weekend. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can seem intense. Like breakup R&B intense. I thought you said you loved the sweater that I got you. If you didn't, you could have told me. Geico makes it easy. Just go to Geico.com anytime to update or check your policy without all the extra drama. I even had a gift receipt. The deals are getting hotter during the dear days of summer. Get 0% financing for 60 months on all John Deere compact tractors. Plus, get a best-in-class six-year powertrain warranty at no additional cost. Hurry in today for the hot deals of summer. Offer ends August 2nd, 2016, subject to approved installment credit with John Deere Financial. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. Visit your local John Deere dealer today to take advantage of special savings going on now. Find out more at myjohndeeredealer.com.